Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes and new updates. You can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcast. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Also, this Sunday, we'll be having a 9 a.m. indoor service and 10.30 outdoor service in English and 11.45 indoor service in Spanish. Hey, I want to talk to you today about a moment, uh, a moment in my life. It was 1999, if you can remember that far back. Some of you weren't alive then, maybe. Um, but, but 1999, I was standing in an arena with 12,000 young people in Toronto, Canada. And 12,000 high schoolers, uh, high school students like myself. I was a 16-year-old gathering with 12,000 high school students from across the United States and Canada for a, a, an event, a, a youth gathering and uh, I can't tell you a lot of what happened. I can't tell you all the songs that were played. I'm not even sure I can totally tell you the exact speaker that was speaking. There's a lot that I don't remember, but let me tell you what I do remember is in that moment, in that place, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and I was changed. Now, I, I, many of you, if you've, you've showed up here, uh, you know a little bit of my story because I've shared. I, I did not grow up with this rebellious lifestyle. I did not grow up um, in this, you know, deep, deep, dark sin. And I, I'm a sinner. Don't get me wrong, but but I just I've grown up in the church, and so I wasn't standing there as a 16 year old lost in my rebellion. Uh, I already knew the Lord. I had a relationship with Him. But I'm here to tell you, in that moment, something of my life changed. In the trajectory of my life, was different. I would go on uh, to feel a call to ministry. I would go on to obey the Lord one step at a time, to go to college, study Bible, religion, to move on from there, to say, okay, I'll take this a step further and go into full-time vocational ministry. And here I am today. Moments are powerful. I've shared this often, uh, but I remember a moment, probably four years ago, if my timeline's not right, and I was... I was dealing with fear. I was overcome with anxiety because uh, we had been in the midst of an adoption process two different times. And two different times, we had experienced gut-wrenching heartache, just devastating. Uh, failure is what I would call it. That's not what God would call it, but that's, that's how it felt at the time. And God was inviting us into a new journey a third time. And I was overwhelmed with fear. I was overcome with anxiety. I, I told the Lord all the reasons why I was too afraid and too scared to say yes to him. But I can tell you exactly where I was sitting, exactly where I was the moment that God spoke to my heart and something changed in me. There was something lifted off of me. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that I was never scared again. I'm not here to say that it was easy from that point on. I'm just here to tell you in that moment, something broke off in me. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll obey you. I'll trust you. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart, and in that moment, I was changed. Something was different, right? Moments, moments are powerful, aren't they? <laughs> we, we believe in a gospel of transformation, and that's what this series is all about. If you're just joining us, we're in the midst of a series called Changed 
to change. And we're talking about our mission statement. We're talking about who we are, but we're really talking about the reality of the gospel, the gospel that we proclaim. If we proclaim this gospel is truth, this is a gospel of transformation. The gospel of Christ is a gospel of transformation. In last week, we were talking about specifically that God transforms us in a moment. In a moment. He is so powerful. He, he is so good that in a moment, literally, he can come in and he can transform us. Isn't, isn't that what we need in our world today? Isn't that what we desire? But not just for us. Isn't that what we desire for the world around us to live transformed? Formed. Not, not trying to win an argument, not trying to be sourced out of fear and anxiety, which seems like how much of the world is operating in these days. Wouldn't it be different? Wouldn't it be different if we were not sourced by our fear and sourced by our anxiety, but we were sourced out of the transforming work of God within us? Wouldn't that change everything? And so last week we talked about the power that God transforms us in a moment. And yet, there's a tension here, isn't there? Because in a world where we like everything to happen now, we like everything to happen not now, we want everything to happen like five minutes ago. We don't like to wait. We don't like, I'm the guy in the grocery store where I stand here, and if this line's going kind of slow, I move over here. And if it's going slow again, I'll move back, right? That's me. So, so I understand we don't like to wait. And while transformation can happen in a moment, sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes it doesn't. Now, we get really excited sometimes about the moment of transformation. I'm telling you stories about my life, and I've still, I got goosebumps thinking about the moment where God moved in my life, and I absolutely believe that is true. But the process of transformation is sometimes much harder for us, isn't it? We like the miracle in the moment. We like the powerful moment. But, but see, this is the truth I want us to know today. I want you to know that our transformation is both the moment and the process. Our transformation in Christ, our transformation is both the moment and the process. God doesn't just pick one or the other. He doesn't just operate one way and not the other. And right now in our world, we are operating with such extremes, right? We are operating with such a divided device in all areas of our life where we kind of feel like we have to choose one extreme or the other, one side or the other. And sometimes we come into our theology and it gets all messed up because we just believe in some ways that God has to do one or the other. But, but the truth is, and we're going to dive into scripture today, God does both. God transforms us in a moment, but he transforms us also through his process. We're going to jump into Philippians chapter 1 today. If you brought your copy of God's Word with you, if you have your YouVersion Bible app, we have an event already set up there. You can follow along with some notes. But we want to, we want to look at this truth written from a guy named Paul, which we talked about him last week. Uh, Jared was here and he preached and he shared words, powerful words about the moment of transformation from the same guy. Different book, different time, but same guy. Now we're going to read his words in Philippians chapter 1. Just four verses for us today, but we're going to dive in to verse 3. And these words are not being written to strangers. These are not messages in a bottle just sent out to sea. I hope somebody grabs them and they mean something. No, no, no. These are personal words written 
from Paul to believers in Christ that he knows, that he loves, that he's sacrificed and invested in. And so he's going to begin this letter to the church in Philippi, Philippians. We're going to jump to verse 3, but he's going to greet them with love and admiration and respect. But look at what it says. We're reading Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul is, he's grateful for partnership. He's grateful for partnership, and that's, that's powerful because this partnership idea means that we are participating in the work of God. That's a powerful thing to talk about. When we're talking about transformation, sometimes it's easy to just think, we just step back and let God do his thing, and we're just kind of pop. No, no, no. God invites us to be part of his work. We just talked about bringing hope to others, right? That's our participation part of his work, and that's beautiful. But, but what I really want to focus here, I want to focus on this verse, verse 6, that Paul is confident. And what is he confident of? What is he confident in? Well, he's confident in this, that he who began the good work will carry it to completion. Will carry it to completion. That Greek word uh, there literally means it means to perfect, to finish, to bring it to an end. And so note this, I want you to see this, this is so important. Imagine kind of the timeline, the continuum here. Notice that on this end, he begins the good work, right? And notice Paul says he's confident that on this end, he will carry it to completion. So if on this side, he's beginning the good work, and if on this end, he's completing the good work, you know what our job is? Our job is to surrender and trust him with what happens in the middle, right? The question is not, will he work Paul's saying, oh, no, no, we're confident. He will begin the work. The question is not, will he complete the work? Paul's saying, he will carry it to completion. The only question is, will we surrender to the work that he will begin and he will complete? Right, right? What we're talking about here is this tension that exists in Scripture, not just here in Philippians, but throughout. And I like to call it the now and not yet of the gospel. The now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. The now. What does that mean? The now is God moving in the moment, experiencing his power, experiencing his goodness, showing up now. And I pray today, if you're here and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I pray you're experiencing some now in your life. I, I pray maybe just a minute ago we were worshiping and you're, the spirit of God is here. He's moving now. He's showing up now. I pray that there were some circumstances in your life this week and you were able to look around and you were able to hit pause and you were saying, wow, 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 God, wait, wait, wait. I see you at work now. I, I believe and hope and pray that as you're praying, you're praying and you're seeing God actually move and respond and work in your lives and in those around you, and you're seeing God work now. We believe that, that the kingdom of God is happening now among us, but yet there's also this tension, and I'll call it the not yet, because we're waiting on God, aren't we? We're trusting his timing. Some of us are believing for some things that we're not seeing yet, some of us are praying, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we're not experiencing it yet. 
So, so we live in this tension of the now and the not yet in the kingdom of God, trusting that God is moving now. We see him at work out now, but trusting that he is still at work and fulfilling his promises. Honestly, we don't like tension, right? We don't like this. And so what we try to do often, we remove this tension in Scripture. We remove this tension in our lives. And sometimes uh, people's theology has impacted this. So, so what they'll say is this. Uh, because they don't want to live in this tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God, some will say this. Well, uh, God doesn't do miracles today. That was just a, that was an apostolic thing in the book of Acts and the New Testament. That was a, a thing then. God doesn't do that now. In other words, what they're saying is God doesn't really work in the now. He's just in the not yet. That's how some would say some will go the opposite direction, though. They would say God always wants to move now. The only reason he doesn't is because our faith isn't strong enough. We don't have the faith. And any time that God isn't moving now, it's just because our faith isn't strong enough. And so you see these extremes, right? Where because we want to remove the tension, we don't understand why he works sometimes in the now and why sometimes he works in the not yet. So we want to remove that tension. And so we kind of shape theology and what the scripture says to kind of make us feel a little bit more comfortable and not having to wrestle with this tension. But the truth of the kingdom of God is we live in this tension between the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. I want to talk for a minute about our theology. That does not, you know, if I said today we're going to talk about our theology, no one rushes in the door because generally that doesn't excite us. But, but the truth is that what we believe about the word of God must inform what we think and believe about God. It must. So I want to I kind of play out this now and not yet of the kingdom of God in our lives and what we claim to believe here at Church of the Nazarene. Uh, the, truth is, the truth is that we all have a problem, a sin problem. From the beginning of time, from the moment in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. In that moment, sin entered into the world. And because of that, we have a problem, a sin problem. And we talk about sin in two distinct ways. The acts of sin. The acts of sin is disobeying God's best for me. A deliberate action, a deliberate thing that goes against God's will for me. And each of us, each of us in our lives have committed acts of sin. I'm not asking for a raise of a hand. I'm not asking for an amen on that. It's true. Each of us in our lives have disobeyed God's best. Right? But, but that's the acts of sin. But there's this other thing within us, and it's called the nature of sin. Because you see, while there's the acts of sin in my life, there's something deeper within me than just the act of sin. It's the nature of sin. That I'm, I'm literally, the Bible says I'm born with a bent towards sin. I'm, I'm born with a bent towards selfishness. That I'm born with this desire for me, 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 and the things of me. And, and on my own, I'm a sinner. And what does the Bible say about sin? It says because of sin, we deserve death. We deserve death. That the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. And because of our sin problem, both the acts of sin, but, but then the nature of sin within us, we deserve death. We deserve to be enemies of God. He's a holy, perfect God, and we're not. And we deserve punishment because of our sin. But the truth of the gospel is that while we were sinners, Christ Jesus loved us enough to die for us, to come, to give his life on a cross, to be nailed to a cross so that we could be forgiven. And then Jesus did not stay dead, but he rose again. And if we put our faith in him, we turn from our sin, we can live. We can live now 
free, forgiven from our sin, but we can live forever with him in eternity. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a moment. We talked about this last week, but this is so important in our theology. There's a moment, right? There's a moment, and some of you have experienced that moment. Some of you maybe haven't yet, but that moment where you confess your sins to God and say, God, I'm a sinner. All the acts of sin, the things that I've done wrong against you, and God, would you forgive me? I put my faith and trust in you. I want to live for you. The moment that we do that is the moment of salvation. We believe in faith. All we have to do is pray and confess, believe. And in that moment, we're saved. That's the moment of our salvation. That's a powerful moment. But, but see, we believe there's still a problem. The problem is, not, uh, problem is not that God hasn't forgiven me. He has. He's forgiven me for every, every act of sin I've ever done. I don't have to come every day and say, oh, God, there was, when I was six, I just remember I cussed at that birthday party. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know why I said that. Would you forgive me? We don't have to live like that. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But the reality is within us, there's still a sin problem, right? Because there's a nature of sin still within us. That because of the cross of Jesus, I've been forgiven, but, but I still have this desire to live for me. I still have this desire towards selfishness, towards sin, I still have a sin problem. But you see, we believe that God's power is sufficient to deliver us from all sin. When the Apostle Paul says that I am no longer a slave to sin, we believe he's not just talking about the acts of sin that he's done. We believe he's actually talking about this desire, this nature of sin within him. And so while... While we have said, Jesus, I want you to be my savior, we also believe there's an important moment in the life of every single believer where we say, I don't want you to just be my savior, I want you to be my Lord. And here's the difference. Man, we, being my savior, oh yeah, you've, you've died on the cross, you've forgiven my acts of sin, thank you Jesus, but I'm still living for me. I'm still in control of my life. I'm still in control, right? But see, when we invite him to be Lord of our life, we say, God, I want you to be in control. I want you to be in charge. I want you to lead and guide my life. I, it's, not, it's, it's not just that I want you to forgive the wrong things that I've done, but now I want you to lead and guide my life. I want you to purify my heart from the desire to sin. 1 Thessalonians 5 uses the word sanctify me, a purifying of my heart so that I desire to live for you and you alone. And in that moment, the moment where we invite him, not just to be our savior, but to be our Lord, that's the moment of sanctification. That's a moment, a powerful moment where by faith we say, God, you can have it all, all that I am, all that I hope to be, all that I dreamed, that is a moment. And in that moment, we believe in faith that the power of God comes. He purifies us. He gives us his desire to please him. Now, if you've lived with me, none of you have, by the way. But if you did live with me, if you worked with me, you would know I am far from perfect. I don't believe that in that moment, a powerful moment where God comes and he purifies my heart, that suddenly, man, Adrian, he's just got it all together, doesn't he? No, no. Because in that moment, he purifies my heart by faith. But then, for the rest of my life, he will continue to work to refine my character. Because every day, 
God is chiseling me, shaping me, putting me on the potter's wheel, molding me more and more into his image. I am not a finished product yet. I'm still experiencing the not yet of the transformation of Christ in me. So, so do you see how, even in our theology, the now and the not yet present themselves? We believe in the moment. We believe in the moment where we pray and in faith we believe God shows up and he does something in me. But we also believe that God is continually, daily, moment by moment, as we surrender, as we yield to him, he is refining and shaping and molding me to be more and more like him. This is the now in the not yet of the kingdom. Can I make this really simple? Because some of us, theology hurts our brains and it makes us want to take a nap, okay? I get that. Can I make this really simple for us today? If you are serious about your relationship with God, you are not the same person today that you were yesterday. You will not be the same person tomorrow that you are today. Tomorrow, you will be more like Jesus than you are today. That's the continual transforming power of God at work in us. It's not that you're more saved than you were today. It's not that you're more sanctified than you are today. No, no, no. It's that you're more in love with him and the people that he loves. It's the transforming power of God, the now and not yet. Look, parents, you understand this, right? You understand the transformation power that happens over time because, look, you don't expect the same things of your 12-year-old that you would of your 4-year-old, right? Your college student is not the same person they were in middle school, right? Because we see it practically in our lives every day that there's maturation and growth and, yes, even transformation that happens over time in process. Listen to what the word of the Lord says to us, the word of God. He says, he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. Later, Philippians 2 says it's to work out your salvation. Philippians 3, I press on towards the goal. Romans 8 says all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What does Hebrews 12 say? Let us run the race of perseverance marked out for us. Our transformation is both the moment and the process. As I conclude today, I, I really want to draw us back uh, just some clear focus today. And, and so here's what I want to do as we close today. I want to speak to some specific people in the room, some specific people watching online, some specific people that as you hear uh, this message, instead of feeling hopeful, instead of feeling like, wow, this is an incredible gift of God, today you feel broken. You feel burdened. You feel stuck or lost or confused. Maybe you feel tired and maybe you even feel angry. You want to give up. Maybe you've seen God transform in the past, but you're just not seeing it today. And if you're honest and you hear, even as we proclaim the gospel, it doesn't feel like good news to you. Maybe you believe God can work in someone else's life, but not, not you. I believe some of us are here today that feel that way. So I want to close today and I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about one mistake in one challenge. I want to talk about one mistake that I think we make in this process, understanding God's truth for us. I think there's a mistake that we often make, but then I, I want to close with a challenge that I think we all, especially those that can identify with feeling broken and confused and weary and tired. 
There's a challenge I want to close with. The mistake, though, is this. The mistake is uh, that often in the midst of this conversation as we study the word, we will say this, whether out loud or to ourselves, but I don't feel changed. I don't feel transformed. And I'm not saying it's a mistake to think that. I'm not saying it's a mistake to feel that. That's a very real feeling and emotion that I think we can all identify with, especially on Monday morning when you're running late and the person in front of you is driving really slow. And you, I, I get that, right? I, get, I don't feel transformed in that moment. But see, I, I think it's a mistake. It's a mistake that we treat our emotions as accurate indicators of the condition of our souls. It's a mistake. Can I tell you why? Think about a time in your life where you worried about something. Maybe some of you that's not hard. You're like, yep, I got it, right? Think about it though, a time in your life where you worried about something nonstop to the point of you were sick over it. You couldn't sleep. You You were up all night. You were whatever it was, but you were worried sick. Your emotions overwhelmed you with fear because you were sure something was going to happen and it never did. Your emotions, your fear, your anxiety were not accurate reflections of the truth, were they? Now those emotions were real. They were real. They they were something that we all battle with. But in that moment, you were so sure something was going to happen and it didn't. Your emotions were not accurate reflections of the truth, were they? What about times in our lives where sin can bring happiness or pleasure? Even the Bible says that. The Bible says there is pleasure for sin in a season. And so there are moments in our lives where we can feel really good while doing some really destructive things. We can be making some really destructive decisions and feel really good in the moment. But once you step back and realize that emotion, that high, that feeling, wasn't an accurate depiction of reality, was it? It was just a fleeting, temporary moment. See, it's a mistake when we allow our emotions to dictate the terms of our transformation. We value transformation on God's terms. I'm going to say that again because I need to hear it. It's a mistake when we allow our emotions to dictate the terms of our transformation because we value transformation on God's terms. We value what his word says more than what I feel in the moment. And emotions are real, and emotions are not something that we can just ignore. But if we live and operate only by our emotions, then we're going to miss what it means to put faith and trust in what God's word says, especially about our transformation. That's the mistake. But now I want to close with a challenge. Here's the challenge. If I was to say it simply, I would say this. The challenge is this, that believe God can and trust him. I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. Uh, Believe that God can and trust him. This is the challenge for us today. This is the challenge that if you're one of those people today that are tired and angry and frustrated and overwhelmed and and the good news of transformation doesn't feel like good news to you, I've already issued a mistake, right? I've I've drawn us to a moment of recognizing maybe a mistake that we make, but now I want to issue the challenge. And the challenge is this, believe that God can. What does that mean? Uh, Believe that God can transform me 
in a moment. For some of you, that sounds like a simple statement, but that requires incredible faith in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of where you're at and how broken you feel, to believe in faith that God can transform you right now. That, oh, that's, that's faith. That really takes faith to believe that, doesn't it? But others, maybe it requires even more faith to believe. To believe that God can. God can what? He can continue to transform you. Because you see, some of us here, we just feel broken. We feel like God is done with us. We feel like we're trying and we're trusting and nothing is changing in us. We feel stuck. We feel like we're just running on a treadmill and nothing's changing. And today, maybe the most... The boldest act of faith you could say is is emphatically, God, I don't see it now, but I believe you can. I believe you will continue to transform me because I don't uh, don't gauge transformation based on my emotions, based on my terms, but on what your word says. And your word says that he who began a good work will carry it to completion. And so today, I believe, God, that you can. In my life, I believe you can. Transform me in a moment. Or transform me according to your process, not my process, but your process. So what's the challenge? Believe God can, but then to trust him. It's one thing to say, I believe that. It's one thing to say, uh, raise your right hand if you believe God can transform in a moment. Raise your hand if you believe God can transform. But now it's a whole other thing to say, will you trust that in your life? Will you trust him today? Believe for both. Believe that he can transform in a moment. He can transform in his process. But trust in his decision about which one applies to you at which moment in your life. And that takes trust, doesn't it? It takes trust when we're desperate for God to move and we're not seeing it yet. It takes trust when we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and nothing is happening yet. It it, it takes trust when we're dealing with anxiety that's so overwhelming and we're just asking and praying and begging for God to come through for us and we just don't see it yet. That takes real faith, doesn't it? Believe that God can and trust him. Trust him. I want to close with a story today. It's a story of a woman that has been transformed. There are powerful moments of transformation in her life, but No doubt her story is a story of process, a process of transformation. So in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. We're going to give our hearts and our our minds and even our souls some space to breathe and to respond to the Spirit of God who is speaking today. But before we do that, I want to close with this story. Uh, The story begins this way. It says, on an October night many years ago, I was assaulted by two men who threatened my life. I thought I was gonna die. I thought I would never see my family again. It was a very traumatic event. It led to nightmares and anxiety attacks and dark depression within me, even suicidal attempts, numerous medications and multiple years in therapy. I felt totally broken. I was angry at God. I questioned his purpose for my life. I didn't want to leave my house. I stopped going to church. I felt no hope. I felt no peace. I felt no joy. Through some Christian counseling, I started to realize God had saved me from these men and even my own attempts to end my life. God never gave up on me. 
And the only way to get rid of the anger and all that built up anxiety and depression was forgiveness. I needed to forgive God. I needed to forgive these men who hurt me. I needed to forgive myself. It didn't happen overnight. It was a process of letting go, surrendering all to God. My therapist couldn't fix it. I couldn't fix it. God was the only one who could bring healing and the joy and peace that I longed for. And today, I can honestly say I'm stronger because of it. My peace and joy is not dependent on my emotions or my circumstances. It is evident through God in his loving mercy. That story is my mom's story. I have shared it with you before, but can I tell you some truth today? That as a 13-year-old boy, watching your mom struggle with deep pain and heartache and depression, that I prayed, I mean, I had faith, right? I prayed that the Lord would heal my mom in a moment. And I can say there were absolutely some moments where God intervened. There were moments where God showed up and he did something, but I'm also here to say that I saw the journey. I experienced firsthand the process. It was a journey filled with ups and downs. A lot of heartache, but man, some hope along the way too. Over time, God continued to transform my mom. He rescued her, he redeemed her, and he continues to transform her even today. Our transformation is the moment in the process. And so today, if you're heavy, if you feel broken, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel stuck, I wanna challenge you today to believe that God can. He can absolutely transform you in a moment or in his process or both and trust his decision right now. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is, the circumstance, if you could like put it out right before you and hold it out to him and say, God, I trust you with this. I trust you with it. However you wanna work, whatever your timing is, whatever your plan and process is, I trust you Would you stand as we pray? God, we love you today and we need you today. We believe that your word is true and we believe that your word will not return void. And so today we believe there's power. There's power in your transforming work in us in a moment and in the process. And today, some of us might feel stuck somewhere between. Some of us may be doubting whether you can work, whether you will work. God, we pray today we would trust you trust you that you are able trust your timing trust your plan when we can't see it some of us lord we're praying for family for kids for loved ones around us that are desperate for hope god and we're desperate to see them transformed but today we trust we trust that it will happen on your terms according to your will according to your plan some of us god today we're sick and tired of anger and bitterness and anxiety and hopelessness welling up within us. God, we're desperate to see you transform us, God. But today we stand and we trust you, God. Your plan, your way. We we wanna continue the journey. We're gonna continue to walk. We're gonna continue to trust and believe that you're not done with me yet. God, would you move? God, would you heal? God, would you restore? God, would you redeem? God, would you bring hope to the hopeless? Even now, you are a God who can transform. We trust. We trust today. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again so much for listening today. 
Email us at info at abeaconofhope.org for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.